for the benefit of those with flash photography. Everybody, I am Colin Delaney. In a moment, you will hear the voice of my tag team partner and co-host. His name is Cheech, and welcome to DreamWork. Uh, I have no idea what to say anymore in these intros. <laughs> they get harder and harder every week. It's, uh, yep, this is DreamWork. We are, we're a podcast. We talk about tag team wrestling because it's something that me and Cheech love. We are a tag team ourselves. So this uh, has been, you know, a, a fun exercise for us. While we aren't able to be in the ring every week like we're used to, uh, this podcast has kind of kept us on the same page. Um, so this week, we are talking about LAX. And as we get into in the beginning, there are a ton of members of LAX throughout history. Um, but we are talking about Homicide and Hernandez, the OGs of LAX. And I am 100% sure that eventually we will do an episode on the later LAX, Santana and Ortiz, the Proud and Powerful. But today, we talk about the group that paved the way for them. And uh, yeah, TNA was really uh, doing something right in 2006. Because as we go over, uh, LAX... Uh, one tag team of the year and the other tag team of the year that year was AJ Styles and Chris Daniels uh, I'm not sure uh, you know TNA or Impact has been that heavily represented in results across uh, multiple wrestling platforms uh, you know in its history here WWE usually rules it <clears throat> and when there's outliers it's it's you know Impact is represented but you know well represented here with two tag teams making best tag team of the year 2006 but we are not talking about aj styles and chris daniels we are talking about homicide and hernandez let's get into it let's talk about l a x yeah buddy I feel compelled to say, Odale. <laughs> I didn't have anything. Uh, I do. I do enjoy the uh, the old LAX theme song a lot. Yeah, in the beginning, kept going in my head to live and die in LAX, and then. Doo, 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 doo. But then it's like LAX, LAX. Yeah, no, I definitely dug it. Yeah, that's definitely been rattling in my brain because of this. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely. Uh, potentially could have come up with an Irish team as we are recording on St. Patrick's Day. Meh, whatevs. Are there any? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there is. Was but... was, was Pat O'Connor in a tag team in the 50s? No, and I was thinking like Finley, but I was like I don't think he's had any tag team members. I mean, he's teamed with people, nothing long term really. Right. We could have done the uh current reign of fin juice <laughs> i was gonna say or there i bet you there's plenty of teams where they're like oh each guy's like an eighth irish or something and like it could have you know what i mean there's plenty of tandems of white guys you know what i mean i'm sure there's there's a pair that both have irish blood in them but this this pair at one point did have eddie kingston with them who is half irish yeah i know that's right so that counts i think right I don't think so. No, we're going all <laughs> Latin America today. All right. I'm sorry, St. Patrick. On Cinco de Mayo, we are going to choose the most Irish team we can come <laughs> up with. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys could, the Irish could get their revenge in May. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we are talking about LAX, but specifically Homicide and Hernandez, as uh, when you really look into it, there were actually a shit ton of members of this group. There were, and we never said it specifically, and I was kind of worried, but I was like, no, come on. Obviously, when we say we're covering LAX, we just mean Homicide and Hernandez. 
Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and there, uh, I mean, eventually we will probably do one on Proud and Powerful or EYFBO or the other LAX. Yeah. But the the other is like that. I'm sure you ran into it at least once or twice where you clicked on a uh, a match and you're like, God damn it! Why is Hector Garza in this or who, whoever? Who invited why is, Machete? Why is Machete in this match? Damn it! Yeah, the, those were a couple. Uh, I I was pretty good at catching them though. Uh, well, I'd catch them pretty quick, but there were definitely times where I'm like, Oh, this looks like ah, uh, damn it! <laughs> yeah, they definitely had a lot of members. It's okay, Latin America. It's an exchange. There's plenty of people to come in and out. Yes, uh, members who wrestled and members who did not. There were shit tons of those, too. Yeah, there were managers and manageresses and uh, valets. And, yeah, they had they had it going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know right, if you so... know this. Uh, there's a lot of Latin people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cheech is a, a, a lost member of the LAX. I am, I am. Nobody knows that. Long lost. Yeah, it never appeared on TV or uh, was even thought of, but, you know. Maybe that's what people think when I get that occasional I loved you in TNA. <laughs> no, they definitely think you're Sanjay Dutt. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, preliminary thoughts, because uh, I pitched I pitched some teams this week and LAX was the choice. What's your What was your uh, early thinkings here? Uh, my only concern was availability of footage. That's it. I mean, I was excited, not like super excited. I was just like, okay, I know they're fun. And then I was just like, oh, I hope I'm able to find enough stuff. And like, I was able to, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was my, my initial concern was that those were my initial thoughts were like, oh, okay. They're a fun team. I hope I find enough stuff. Yeah. So I, uh, I had the same concern. Um, being not an impact plus subscriber, uh, it, their, their footage is a little more difficult to come by than you would imagine. But um, okay, here's where I, I, uh, in my preliminary thoughts, I had that. And then eventually I just resigned myself to the thought of, and this had happened with other recent teams too, where it's a little bit odd. It's like, Oh wait, I've lived through the team. Like I've seen a hundreds of their matches probably. So I may not necessarily have to see a million more this week when I was going over it, but I was like, Oh no, wait, I've definitely seen a ton of their stuff. I know what we're covering. Yeah. I mean, it would probably have been tough where we're covering a team from like the sixties. Yeah. So I was the same way and, and I've been the same way kind of recently also, just in doing this, uh, I feel like I watch a bunch of matches just to watch a bunch of matches and, and get a, a, a wide spectrum and array of, of what they've done. But at this point, I can watch two or three good matches of a team and probably get the gist. Yeah, oh no, definitely. You can get the gist, but I like doing the deep dives. Yeah, yeah, uh, but like, uh, with, like with this team specifically, I, I probably only got like seven matches, but they're for the most part, good, solid, like all pay-per-view, like big event matches. And by the end, I was like, oh, I think like I could probably keep searching, but I think I got it. I think I, I think I've, I've, I've done it here. Yeah. And like I said, you lived through the team. It's not like you had never seen a Hernandez and homicide match before this. So it's perfectly acceptable. I did a, I did a, I dug a little bit and yeah, I kind of ran into the same thing. I was like, oh, I got around 10 matches. I go, that works. That covers. I'm good. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about their championships and accomplishments. Yes, I'm interested. Go. go let me. Let me. I was wondering what this would bring. All right. So we'll start with they are two-time NWA tag team champs. Uh huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because because it was early in TNA days when they were still doing NWA tag champs. Yes. They also are one-time Impact tag champs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, they were Impact Match of the Year with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Uh, they are also one-time Jersey All-Pro Tag Team Champs. <laughs> Why not? Oh, man. Uh, I wish that there was more access to that footage because I looked at their like tag team reign. It wasn't just like they, they got them and dropped them. They held them for like a year and wrestled all kinds of wacky teams. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, they were the 2006 
Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year. All right. They also won Best Gimmick in 2006. Wow. Uh, but PWI, uh, here we go. AJ Styles and Chris Daniels won the PWI Tag Team of the Year. LAX, not even runner-up, second runner-up, or third runner-up. Mm-hmm. That's why I was wondering. I was wondering how this was going to go. Interesting, though, that the Wrestling Observer that only does, they just give an award that, you know, I don't, they don't list like the runner up and whatever, but they gave tag team of the year to LAX PWI gave it to AJ and Chris Daniels, but didn't even give LAX a runner up spot. Yeah, that is odd. But once again, that's, that's more based on PWI's readership compared to the observers readership. So I think that I think, which I think skew pretty polarized. It's very interesting though, because uh, I don't know. I think of the observer as a bit more of like a smart, a smarter uh, opinion, right? Yeah. And I would assume probably skews a little older than people who are necessarily buying, you know, magazines at the convenience store. And PWI, but PWI can go a little bit, uh, you know, PWI is usually pretty, pretty right. They're not just going with like what the, the uh the tv opinion is you know they gave it to aj styles and chris daniels in 2006 but what i'm saying is conan was right it's all because these racist gringos are trying to hold down all the latin americans and that's why i knew something was up that's why i was concerned i was like oh someone's gonna screw them they're not gonna get in all the rankings when they deserve to be but they ended up more than i thought so that's why i was i was wondering what awards they were gonna get or if they didn't it's funny. I got both things I was wondering. I was like, ooh, I wonder if they do get a fair shake, and then I wonder if they don't get a fair shake, and they get the same but in opposite companies. <laughs> they got both in the same year from different uh, publications. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's why I was wondering. I was like, okay, they were a good team, but then it's like, okay, they're also in TNA. They're not necessarily, but this is when TNA was hot, but it was still, you know, the second company. And it was like, so I was wondering where they would rank. But, you know, they, they here's the thing. They also were taken very good care of in TNA, too. You know what I mean? During those years, they were strong. So I was like, I wonder if they get into the rankings. I'm glad they won a ranking. But also, let's talk about it. We talk about this all the time. What was LAX's first year? Oh, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, why they also won Best Gimmick. They were... I don't know if revolutionary is the term, but they were definitely something new and a very much needed breath of fresh air in TNA. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I I found myself uh, watching the the entrance and the pre match and like the because a lot of these clips had like you know the whole the whole package with a little promo before and then the whole entrance with the the dude in the crowd. Uh, given the ring introductions and them coming out through their own, basically their own little entrance thing. Yeah, no, they, like I said, they were taken care of really well. So that's why I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if the publications will get behind them as much as like, obviously TNA did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Observer did. PWI. But like I said, I, I knew something be up. I knew there'd be a swerve in there. <laughs> there was. And here we go. Uh, all right. You said you got 10 matches in? Uh, let me see. One, two, four, five. I got 11 matches. I, I barely believe that. I don't even know how you found 11 matches on the, the interwebs. Here's I the found, thing. I go I, that deep because I once again, I was like, oh, 10-ish works. I go, okay. Once again, I've seen their career. It's not like I don't know who we're covering. I started two different matches with Machete in them, and I was like, yeah. Damn it. Okay, well then here, you run off yours and then I'll 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 back clean up. All right. So, we have them against the team of Sanjay Dutt and Ron the Truth Killings. We have them against Triple X. Uh the aforementioned match of the year. Uh we have them against Beer Money in a Lumberjack strap match. We have them against Team 3D. We have them against Angle and Joe. We have them against New LAX in a 5150 brawl match. And then we have them against the Kings of Wrestling at Ring of Honor in 2011. Yeah, this is great. We don't have that much crossover. 
I was just going to say, I found mine in like real random spots, but the basic uh, like search on like a YouTube even wasn't, didn't get you many results. It, it was hard. I had to do a lot of fancy YouTube searching and I was able to find most stuff on there. So here, yeah, then here, let me run down mine that I found because most of mine right. were YouTube finds. Uh, first was a, okay, here's probably where we differed. I definitely got into the gimmick matches because there's a lot of those on online. Oh, so I, yeah, I, so I did avoid, uh, other than the, the, L, the LAX one at the end, I did avoid uh, gimmick matches other than the Lumberjack strap match, which I didn't even realize was one until I was watching it, so. Yeah, no, I got a lot of uh, gimmick matches, but oddly enough, most of the time they're still structured like a tag match. So, like, okay. uh, the first one, well, not so much. It was uh, Lockdown, which would be six sides of steel. Oh, my gosh, listen to this crazy. This was the match. It was LAX versus Motor City Machine Guns versus Team No Limit of Naito and Yujiro in a side of steel cage tornado tag IWGP junior tag title match. That is bananas. Yeah, yeah. We can get to that one later. Um, then I had them versus Triple X from Bound for Glory 07, which th- my team was uh, Elix Skipper and Low Key or Senshi or whatever, or World War or Warrior, they kept calling him or whatever. Oh, then maybe I, got- I just wrote Triple X, but I meant AJ Styles and Chris Daniels. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, because I think <laughs> uh, the, the, the match of the year was with the, yeah, Daniels and AJ. Uh, then I got uh, LAX vs. Motor City Machine Guns from Booker T's uh, PWA or whatever, Pure Wrestling Alliance or whatever. Uh, then I have the Truth and Sanjay match from a TNA episode. I got AJ and Daniels, uh, the Bound for Glory, 06, Six Sides of Steel. I believe that was the match of the year one. Um, or maybe, yeah, no, I think it was that one. Then I also have them versus AJ and Daniels in from No Surrender 06, which is the ultimate X, which, you know, the ropes up top with the X in the middle gimmick. Then I had them versus Beer Money from Hard Justice 08. Them versus Team 3D from Sacrifice 08. Then I got them versus the Young Bucks from a House of Glory match in 2013. Then I got wow. them versus, uh, well, it's not them. It's them as the OGs versus the new LAX in the 5150 Street Fight. And then I got uh, LAX versus EYFBO from Jersey All Pro on uh, Jerry TV. Oh, I found that one late. And I was like, ah, do I watch it? And I was like, nah, I, I'm good. I, I have... I, I've watched <laughs> I've watched I almost went for it though but I just watched the other uh match against EYFBO and I was like I'm not going back to back I went back to back just because I was like wait technically these very different teams you know I mean it's the two same guys but it was very big difference between them as LAX in TNA and them as it was Mike Drastic and Ortiz yeah. EYF, you know what I mean? So I was like, all right, this is very different teams. I was like, yeah, let me see a good throwback. I also just wanted to see LAX in Jersey All Pro. So I was like, all right, I want to see what they are because that's like homicides, you know, home. I, I was trying to find it and I have it somewhere. I have uh, LAX against Tracy and Guido from Jersey All Pro. Oh. <laughs> but I, I couldn't find it. I have the I have a file of that jersey all pro show somewhere and i could not find it for the life of me oh wow yeah no i didn't even dig in because anything that would have jersey all pro would have been before it would have been homicide as a singles yeah so uh i think uh either uh the aj and daniels or dut and uh sanjay dut and our truth that was you said it was from an episode of of tna that's from a pay-per-view oh was it i just i couldn't really tell i just i because i didn't like every other one that i watched had like dates and everything that one didn't have anything it was just like here's the tag match that was from a pay-per-view and i can tell it's early early because one of the first things i wrote was conan looking good (laughs) dude uh yeah it is crazy how people look younger even the truth looks younger even though he looks exactly the same Dude, Conan, I was like, oh, Conan's still in shape here. Conan is looking like fit. I was like, uh-oh, this is this is a this is trouble here. Ugh, compared to that 5150 match where he looks in bad shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy because yeah, like 
by the end of this, like that 5150 match is what, 2018? Yeah, no. Here's the thing. Conan physically and health-wise has gone through the ringer. Even just now, didn't he have a bout with COVID that almost got him really bad? Yeah, yeah. That's but rough, in, 2000, in 2006, when he's out there with them against Sanjay Dutt and Ronnie the Truth Killens, he is looking fit, fit. Yeah, I know. That's the other thing. Isn't it crazy how long TNA's gone back when you're like, oh, you remember years and years and years ago when Conan was in great shape? You're like, damn, they've been around forever. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, we always try to get, like, a WCW team and an ECW team. But uh, TNA's been around longer than both of them combined. True. But I don't know if their tag scenes were ever as deep as ECW's or WCW's in their prime. I'm sure they've been comparable at times. Well, yeah. I mean, LAX, as we just watched, was a a fucking hell of a team. Oh, man. It was so great because I don't know why, like... Okay, let me ask you then. Do you think their act would work in WWE? I think it would, but I don't think it would get as I don't think it would get as much play as it got in TNA. Well, right, that's the thing. Uh, it, it works because, like you said, they were given every opportunity in TNA. They were they were given uh, a chance to shine. Whereas I feel like WWE, it would it would get an initial push to shine. And then it would fade off pretty fast. Ah, uh, you know what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, they too, they become crime time quick. Well, sure. Or they anybody like the, like the vaude villains. Like when they brought them up, like they were like, oh yeah, this is a great gimmick on NXT, and everyone loves it. And then they brought it to TV, and within like three weeks, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we gave you the the thing. Now now don't even worry about an entrance. <laughs> and plus, the other thing I also think now when I think about it is my also concern is that. WWE slash F or whatever has always been pretty cosmopolitan in that they've always had a bunch of different, you know, uh, racial gimmicks. They've had Samoans, they've had Russians, they've had evil Germans, you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like what really helped them stick out in TNA is that TNA was very much a Southern company. And all of a sudden you have this, you know, Latin American group infiltrating and it was it, it stood out so much that the company was like, oh, we got to run with this. Whereas I feel like in WWE, they're like, oh, yeah, we've kind of done this. Yeah, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And then eh, we'll see what, how it goes. It's definitely one of those ones like this week for sure with the lack of, of real good access. I would have loved to have really been able to do what I usually do and watch it from the front to back because there were times where I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh, they're baby faces now? How did they get that way? I wonder how that happened. I was, like, so curious. I think they were just so good, they eventually just got over. It's it's the typical, you know what I mean? You're big, you're bad, but they got such a good entrance. They had cool, you know what I mean? They had the cool entrance. They had a cool manager. Eventually, they had the broad with them. You know what I mean? They had the whole, they were very much a package deal. We about to, we about to cancel Cheech. That is Shelly Martinez. <laughs> I think she would be okay with that. <laughs> they got the broad with them. <laughs> Eventually, uh, Hector Guerrero's there in a mariachi outfit. <laughs> oh, bro. Uh, did you see did, did you see his double stomp Johnny Devine through a table? Did I see his double stomp? <laughs> I thought he was going I thought he's going frogger. I was like he is not going to frog splash through a table from the top rope to the floor. He is not. And then he double stomps. Basically, he jumping drop kicks him through the table, and it was awesome. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering, because I'm like, all right, he's kind of old. I go, maybe he'll just go splash. It's kind of safe. It's the most weight going down in the middle. And then I was like, and then uh, for a second, I was like, is he going leg drops? I thought he was going like boom drops like he was Kofi for a second. <laughs> Hold on, it's St. Patrick's Day. Crack a beer for the working man. I'm catching up. Crack it open. Uh, yeah. I've been busy all day. You drank the beer. I partook in green things. So it's all even. Yeah. So uh, so if we can go back to the, the start of, of the LAX from watching, because this is usually where I, the early stuff that I watch of the team is usually what sticks with me through the rest of it. And, and this one is no exception because right off the bat, uh, I wrote, I love LAX's confidence. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I didn't really think about it, but yeah, when you say it that way, yeah, 
They were they were ready. You know what I mean? Like nothing phased them. Even when things went a little wrong, like especially in those uh earlier days of TNA or like that era of TNA, sometimes things weren't like perfectly crisp and nothing phased them and nothing could make them not look cool. Yeah, no, because once again, I feel like I did think this was a little odd because I don't know about you. I feel like I have not like personal history, but like I've known Homicide long before TNA. I knew Hernandez long before TNA. You know what I mean? So to see them once they got into TNA, I was like, oh, yeah, they're ready. You know what I mean? And they ran with the ball. And I also think it helped that they, that once again, it was a package deal. I think Conan was a big part, especially in making them at least feel bulletproof. Well, sure. And, and, and definitely early on when, uh, you know, they were newer and they could still like that R-Truth Sanjay Dutt match. They're playing off the fact that Truth and Conan were in three live crew at the beginning of TNA together. And now Conan's running his own group and, you know, running them against R-Truth. Yeah, and then R-Truth does a Fosbury flop and almost falls on his head and scared the crap out of me. What was he thinking? I don't know. Unbelievable. If you've never seen it, look it up. You can find it on YouTube real easy. LAX versus Sanjay Dutt and Ron the Truth Killings. Real early in this match, R-Truth goes for a Fosbury flop and just goes, uh, like, basically does a high jump over the top rope and then just pencil dives straight down yeah like hernandez catches him but it looks like hernandez just catches him and like tombstones him yeah uh, it was scary yeah you know and literally that was the start of the match it was like they charged at each other someone uh something sanjay does a dive then homicide does his dive and then i think somehow hernandez gets out there and then boom here comes truth with the fosbury and i was like what is going on <laughs> Why did he do that? Well, because just it was Man. so scary the way he came down. I was like, ay, yeah, yeah, because he's a big dude. But here's the thing. I don't know. Yes, he's timeless. But, like, we can agree he was faster at this point. Because when he goes hard in this match, I was like, damn, yo, truth can go. Well, we always knew that. But, you know what I mean? It's just fun having that reminder. Well, yeah, which is why him going for it didn't necessarily shock me. <laughs> yeah, no, you know? I've seen him do it before. It's just this time was just scary the way it ended up. I was like, whoa. Scary. But yeah, like some things that instantly jump out about the team. Uh, Hernandez is one of those dudes who they just pitch as being strong. But then you watch him and some of the things he d he does aren't things that you might like notice as being super strong, but I was like, oh my God, he's the strongest person in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> so strong, so strong. He, he catches people in we at weird angles. Like it's nothing. It's like, oh, that would topple any normal man. But this man caught that human like it was nothing. Yeah. Uh, here, in, in discussing the fact that I've known Hernandez for a long time, I will go back. I've known him for this reason. Uh, when he broke in from the Texas Wrestling Academy, he wrestled the Carnage Crew in ROH. Carnage Crew, DeVito was my trainer. So, like, I would get all the aftermath, aftermath reports. And basically, I learned that if you whip a guy really hard in the ropes, that's called giving them the hot stuff Hernandez. <laughs> like, I remember Logan DeVito coming back and being like, we had to tell him, like, you don't, like... You're throwing us so hard into the ropes. So, like, I've I've known since day one how ridiculously strong he is. So, to see him do these feats of strength um, weren't surprising to me. But I did fall into a, a, this constant conundrum in watching this going, what does just a TNA person think of this, though? Like, for me, I feel like the team has a lot of history. Well, right. Uh, so... I don't want to jump all the way ahead, but I did watch them against the Kings of Wrestling at Ring of Honor at a Manhattan Mayhem. Uh-huh. And I just thought, like, to me, the idea of it was so cool. Like, it's Homicide, who's a day one Ring of Honor guy, and Hernandez, who's not a day one, but, like, a day three. You know, he was on, like, the third show or something was his first show. Like, those are, like early ring of honor guys but then they got notoriety and they dated tna and they became this awesome team and here they are at ring of honor wrestling 
Ring of Honor's top team at the time. And like just the that part of it was like so cool for me. Yeah, no, like like early ROH was very much like a homicide driven company, basically. Yeah, uh, we'll get to it eventually, but it's an inter- it's interesting to watch TNA homicide wrestle in Ring of Honor in 2011. <laughs> but okay, uh, now you brought this up, and I guess we could tie it into there. You know, the whole first year everything goes or you, looks great to like the the publications and stuff. I think they definitely had a little bit of growing pains because, like, I don't think they ever teamed before TNA. Like, I think when you see them in TNA for the first time, that's the first time they've ever teamed together. Yes, but uh, like I-, I would love to get a date on like that Sanjay Dutt R Truth match because it it feels early in the run. Yes. Once again, Conan is looking great, uh, and that match rules. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think they're bad wrestlers or they have bad matches. I don't think they're just necessarily like super gelled at this point. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Sometimes like they'll do a double team, and I'm like. Was that really a double team? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It took a little while for them to get into, like, a smooth groove. But, no, right off the bat, they were having really good matches. Like, that they could do. But being, like, a cohesive unit took a little took a little while. Not too long, but it wasn't there but, right off the bat. Yeah, but it's there right off the bat is the thing. It's, it's literally there right off the bat. That, yeah, they're trying things. They're trying to see what works for them. But the crazy thing is, while they're doing that, they're having banger matches. Yeah. Uh, once again, I just think I had a little bit of, it was just a weird thing in my brain. Cause I just wonder, I wonder if everybody sees it like I do. Like I thought, I don't know why. Okay. Like, you know how I always talk about how, when you see the Steiners, you see a picture and then you see them wrestle, you go, Oh, okay. It makes sense for some reason. Yeah. Homicide. And the problem, well, not so much Hernandez, just because he's so big. But like Homicide, like I see him, and then what he does in the ring does not equate to me at all. Okay. So it's always been weird to me, as, and was like, if people view this as good as I do, or if they're just caught up in the aesthetic of, oh, here's a guy in like ghetto clothes and baggy pants and random T-shirts and stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. So looking at him, so Homicide, you know. He's always worn the baggy pants and the cutoff shirt. And he's always been like, he is one of the fundamentally down to the, like the nose best wrestlers you could watch. It's crazy. Like I, I always wonder, I was like, dude, does everybody see him as good as I think he is? Uh, right. It's like his fundamentals are off the charts. It's, it's almost alarming how good they are. Like, I, I don't know, man. Uh, normal people probably don't pick up on it. I, I I would have to imagine. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I wonder if people just see him as the guy in big baggy shorts and cut up t-shirts who, you know, oh yeah, he's good. But I was like, do they, I, like, that's the problem with me. Like the cover of the book did not match what the pages inside. You know what I mean? I always look at him and think, oh, okay. He's probably like a death matchy type guy or something. And yes, that's the funny thing. That's where he comes from. Like, he, th- he has no right to be as good as he is, judging where he came from. He could have easily just been he, – he, like, let's be honest. He kind of was almost pitched like the next New Jack for a hot second there in, like, the late 90s. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Uh, dear young wrestlers, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, go find some matches where Homicide is wrestling and watch those. Because I'm sure at some point somebody – has told you that your footwork was bad or that your your you need to work on your fundamentals. Uh, if either of those things apply to you, <laughs> go stare at homicide wrestle. But yeah, it always just threw me because then I it, this whole time I'm watching because I'm like, is it just because I've known that he could have just gotten away just being like a hack and slash guy and you know bleeding type guy? But no, he never rested on his laurel. Like you know I mean, he in these matches. And, of course, he's with a giant of a man. So, of course, he's, like, the technical member of the team, which, once again, throws me off where I was like, yo, it's crazy when, like, you strip away the aesthetic. It's like, oh, they're very much like a classic big man, little man tag team. Yes, it, their dynamic is so good. It's, it's something we've seen before, but we have never seen. 
And then, okay, I'm putting this out there. A big to-do also, you got to give credit to that X division because, like, Hernandez in, in a lot of other people's hands is just a big, strong guy. But, like, when, like, the matches with Shelly or Saban or when he's in there with Sanjay, all those guys make him look twice as big. <laughs> well, right. And a lot of those guys come from a place where they know of hot stuff Hernandez and they know a bit of what he's capable of, you know? Exactly. I also, 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 you got to put a lot. I think you put a lot of that on homicide. Yes, too. Yes, of course. He's the, I would assume he's the mastermind of the, of the team. <laughs> I wrote at one point, homicide protects Hernandez. And that is not meant in a bad way. Like there are teams where like that is meant in a, in a almost a derogatory way. It not in this case. I just see it as homicide doing a lot of the early work to save Hernandez to just look good, to make sure that Hernandez is looking his best, you know? Yeah, another small guy with Hernandez, and Hernandez gets gets not overexposed, get exposed quickly, and within six months you've seen everything he, he can do. With homicide, well, not even that, but, I think but, smart enough to be like, oh, yes, I will accentuate him, but you don't need to see everything right away. But it looked like, uh, like I, I truly believe that, it, and it, it, I could be totally off base, but I feel like Homicide saw what was going on there, and he's the reason why Hernandez probably didn't didn't take the bumps and didn't take the moves because he understood and he was protecting the big man. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many teams where you just they would just throw it away. They would just yeah let Hernandez take the big bump, uh, let Hernandez get thrown around. But I feel like Homicide would just take it all and do it all just so Hernandez didn't have to, like, even run into that. Yeah, I agree. I also, part of me just thinks, you know, Homicide's been doing it forever. He's a smart guy. Like, you know what I mean? If he does let him, you know, blow his load in the first six months, it's like, oh, okay, where are we? It's like, you know what I mean? A lot of other guys would have definitely done that. He made, you know what I mean? He, yeah, definitely. I watched some of these matches. I was like, yo, he literally takes, like, 80% of the match. And then it's just Hamas, and then it's just Hernandez running wild. Yeah, if they're heels, Homicide gets the shine from the babyfaces, yep. usually both. Yep. And if they're babyfaces, Homicide takes the heat. There is no straying from it. You know how, like, sometimes it's like, well, you know, usually this guy is the one who takes the heat. No, 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 no Always. Yeah, that's the one thing. One of my notes was Hernandez, anytime he's in there, he's a game changer. Right, and uh, it, it kept the team looking strong always. Like, that's something that uh, I'm not sure we can say about many teams, if any. Yeah, yeah, even now to this point, like, I feel like if they wrestle, you're still, like, I, I feel like there's probably still things Hernandez hasn't quite let out of the bag, you know what I mean? Hernandez is still with impact. Oh, I know. That's bananas to me i saw him on there not so long ago not that it's bananas for any reason other than the fact that it's we i watched a match of him in 2006 yeah that's this the thing is, it's longevity i'm <laughs> still doing it too yeah 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 but i just saw hernandez on there i was like hernandez is still just floating an impact this rules well once again he's you know i mean you don't have guys that big and that athletic very often right no definitely not you think he could still do that over the top rope uh, divey? He could, but he probably need twenty people to catch him. <laughs> Man, I, him doing that and then just landing on his feet was blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy early on. Like he legit, like he he would be getting over the top rope, but he would still be going up. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was just barely clearing it. He was still like going up as he got over the as he was out of ring. Yeah, he could do it onto nobody because he was just jumping so high that he could just he would just touch a human and just land. And it was a great match to Homicide's crazy dive of that cannonball that he's been doing forever. And he ends up in the second row, and then here comes Hernandez, who's going to land in the second row anyway. Oh, so man. I thought about this. I thought about this while I was watching the crazy Homicide dive. So you know how. Uh, if you're going to technically call it, you call it a tope suicida? Yeah. Would be a suicide dive. 
But if you call if you call the flip dive over the top rope, it would be a topicon hilo. Yes. So would homicides dive be a tope suicida con hilo? Kinda, you could. Yeah, I mean, you could call it. You could call it whatever you want. But yeah, that's technically not wrong. I was like, oh, it's because uh, they called. Uh, I think Tanay just called it a tope suicida, and I was like, well, technically, it's a tope suicida con hilo, right? It is. Uh, I also loved Mike Tanay shouting Fosbury flop when Truth did it. Not to go back to that again, but <laughs> the idea that he has any idea what that is is delightful to me. Oh, come on. Tanay is an old sportsman. He knows about the Fosbury flop. He did, he did betting. He probably put money on, on, on high jumps. <laughs> the idea of Mike Tanay betting on high jumps and diving is delightful to me. Yeah, yeah, that's where he comes from. He comes from like a Las Vegas spedding book type gimmick, I think is his background. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Well, he, he... Okay, while we're talking today, it was refreshing because, man, some of, uh, some of the other, like the, the House of Glory guy wasn't very good. Jersey All-Pro, I'll tell him if I run into him, MLJ has come a long way. Uh, in 2015, it was a little rough. But yeah, hearing Tanae call all this stuff, but oh, it felt so good to hear it called a cop killer and not a gringo killer. Oh, oh. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Ring of Honor match I caught was uh, the combination of Kelly Kelly and Dave Prezak. Whoa, All Star team. Did they call it a cop killer? Did they call it a cop killer? He didn't hit a cop killer. He did not. He uh, he went for one, and they did call it a cop killer, of course. Oh, he does cop killer the hell out of uh, now Santana or Mike Drastic when he was in EYFBO. I was like, woo, because he a tall boy too. But you know, what I mean, I've seen oh, ooh, I've seen homicide kill many a men with a cop killer. Before the AJ Styles Chris Daniels match, I watched. They showed like a big lead up to this match, and part of the lead up was AJ Styles taking the. Oh. cop killer or gringo killer yeah. and just aj styles was was and probably to a degree still is made of putty so he just sticks it and holds it on his neck and kind of twists funny and it's like man how uh, how do you make the grossest move in the world look even grosser aj styles because he's that good man it's ridiculous i, I was like what how do you, how do you even just I don't even understand. But yeah, so while we're there, let's give a little love to the AJ and Daniels matches. Uh, I saw two of them, and like, it's just great dance partners. You know what I mean? You got two ultimate technicians in Daniels and AJ, and then once again, a classic big man, little man tag team that do their parts incredibly well. Like, once again, it always still blows my mind, like, when Homicide gets in there and he'll start chain wrestling and do, like, chain wrestling and the arm drag, take a Rana and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, he doesn't need to do this, but he does it so good. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier, the X Division guys are really what what kind of propels Hernandez into that next level. So having these matches with AJ and with uh, CD... Which, by the way, like it, it kind of feels like the. Uh, remember uh, when we were doing Briscoes? There was uh, the a uh, the AJ Red against the Briscoes match, and it kind of feels that same way. Where like uh, they all have a little something with each other, except for Mark, who was like the outlier. This is the same thing, but with Hernandez. Like the other three know each other real well and have wrestled each other probably dozens of times, and it's like, oh, but we know what to do with the fourth guy. Oh, it's so good. He's throwing them into the, he's throwing, he's giving, I love that it has a name, the Cracker Jack, the, the double goozle overhead throw. He was Cracker Jack and dudes all, well, he was Cracker Jack dudes into the cage. Then he was doing, I love that he was doing the Monty Brown uh, old school. I call it the alpha bomb because the alpha male did it where he catches in the cross body, pops up to the big bomb. He did that. He won where he threw him into the cage. The ultimate X was amazing because he's the one that grabs the X. Like they built the whole thing to eventually everyone gets taken out and then, He's like, screw it, I'll do it myself. And he climbs the X and gets it. It's great. That match is really good because it's just, it's super smart. Same thing with the cage match. I was like, uh, wow, they're real smart about how they use the cage. Like, But eventually everybody's bleeding. Except for 
uh, Hernandez, and I think that was a, a, I think that was an attempt gone wrong. I think everyone was supposed to. At one point, it looked like he was clenching his fingers a lot, and I was like, "Hmm," but then nothing happened. I was like, "Oh, okay." You think that uh, you think it was a botched a botched Giger attempt? Yeah, yeah, I think it was good. I think because look, if you watch that match, it seems like they're going for the classic: everyone's bleeding, everyone's dead at the end, and then they have the great ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I can't. I, it's hard to believe that Hernandez, of all people, would would have would have trouble getting the color. Who knows? I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> go too far into it. <laughs> so I watched. The AJ and Chris Daniels match I watched is a straight tag. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even watch the cage or the Ultimate X. I passed both of them up because I watched a straight tag. Oh, okay. So then how was that one? Because yeah, the ones I liked it's were great because they were good because there were still matches. And like even like I said, even the like the, the, the cage match like two guys are standing in the corner like they play it that way and same thing with like the ultimate x they still yeah it's tornado-y but like they've have it segmented really well so it feels more like a tag match did you watch the beer money lumberjack strap match no i watched it was just a normal match man I, I, that's the one gimmick i watched beer money i watched it by accident because i clicked on it i didn't realize it was and then i was like oh, i'm kind of committed eh, it's just that there's lumberjacks on the floor with straps i probably won't hate it too much i actually loved it oh okay. well sure once again you know four great wrestlers so i mean and they'd been but, open in tna a while i would assume they're kind of good together but they just and this is where i first saw the flip of it where uh homicide and hernandez are babyface and uh, they just establish real early that beer money can't leave the ring. And it leaves a fun dynamic for the end where, you know, you don't have that opportunity to peel one guy off and have him just sit on the floor and wait. You know what I'm saying? It gives a they establish it and they work it so well that it is just a fun tag match. But for me, for my stupid wrestler brain, I was like, Oh, interesting. One of the heels can't peel off and sell for a minute to the floor. You know, they don't have the opportunity because they'll get whipped with fucking straps. Oh, wow. It was actually fun. But and then the, the AJ and Daniels mess that was a straight tag is awesome. I would assume. It is like it's them throwing everything they got at the at the board. They they like AJ does the they do a, a wild dive sequence that has uh uh CD does the 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 Arabian. Then Hernandez does the big guy dive, and then AJ does springboard shooter. Like they were throwing it all out there. Yeah, man, this was. Uh, once again, like it always is, is a fun romp through whatever time period. But this was a great time period, especially in TNA. Yeah, two thousand six. The the tag division was, uh, and I mean mainly because of the two of them. Once again, LAX won the Observer Tag Team of the Year, and uh, AJ Styles and Chris Daniels won the PWI Tag Team of the Year. That should say something about what was going on in TNA at the time. Like, uh, even if it was just those two teams, which we, you know, it, it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, uh, they were, they were ruling shit. I mean, LAX versus Sanjay Dutton, and R-Truth is from that same year. Sanjay and R-Truth aren't a team, but that match fucking rules. Yeah. But like, look, like, I, yeah, mine spent like my list spans of quite a few years, but we're talking machine guns, triple X, uh, AJ and Daniels, beer money, 3d young bucks, EYFBO, all different teams. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you know I mean, and most of those were TNA teams. But if you think about it, they, they've got to go up against Beer Money was a big team for in the day. Adrian Daniels was Machine Guns, Triple X, all big teams of their day. And they were able to just slide right in as this weird X factor in a company full of, you know, random like cowboys and good old boys and then weird Vince Russo creations. Here comes crazy conan and he brings in these badass group of latio dudes and they're kicking ass and the best part was once again the company ran with it like they got pushed to the moon when i watched the 3d match i couldn't believe they won so effortlessly effortlessly if i could say that word right effortless you know the word i quit effortlessly yeah that one uh 
Did you notice that the 3D match started with a brawl? Oh, of course. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it was the first first episode of this podcast we did the Dudleys and in case you haven't listened to it we learned that the Dudleys never just start a match from scratch they always start it by brawling yeah there's always a and, slide in and get to the business and no different here <laughs> all right all right let's let's get let's get down to the getting down let's talk about what made LAX, the OGs, Homicide and Hernandez, so great. Like I said, it was weird that, I don't know, for me, the aesthetic doesn't quite match. But once you take it all away, you're like, oh, they're a classic tag team. And but like. They almost Trojan horse it because you see all you see the big entrance, you see the loud manager, you see the flags and the baggy gear and they're dressed like, you know, like Cholos almost sometimes Hernandez is. And, you know, you get swept up in that and that they're gangsters and they're beating them up. But then all of a sudden you watch the matches and you're like, oh, wow, these are like really good, like technical matches. Yes, they're doing it under the guise of, you know, they're gangster Hispanic people and they're coming in as a gang and they're just. But no, Homicide, once again, has no right to be as good as he is as a technical wrestler. It's amazing. And then Supermax, which I don't know, strikes a little funny nowadays, but was amazing. Like, once again, he's just like a great all-around big man who then is athletic as fuck. Holy crap. Like, once, like I said, it's just a classic tag team that also, like, once again, doesn't rest on their laurels. They're not just like, I'm just the technical guy. I'm just the big guy. It's like, no, they've got all, they've got the whole package around it. That's why, the whole package. Okay, I can sum up why they're great in five words. Woo! Hector Guerrero in mariachi clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, they're so great they got that over. Let's just say that <laughs> he was wearing a little short suit jacket and he had a hat. It was great. Anyways, uh, but no, uh, we co- we covered a lot of it already. Like the first thing that I noticed was their confidence and like the fact that they you were talking about like a trojan horse they won gimmick of the year because that gimmick it was so uh out front and so well pushed that it could have just gotten away with being a gimmick but then you watch these matches and their dynamic is like the dynamic of so many teams we've seen but so different and so its own they had their own way of doing the big man little man thing and both of them were so good at their individual roles and like not for nothing it can't be understated how nuts it is that they were basically thrown together as a team and worked that well that quickly that is not easy it it seriously isn't guys which brings me to something i did definitely i didn't look into it i would like to look into it eventually like who decided to put whoever decided, oh, these are the two guys? Like, I would assume Conan, probably, but like, whoever mastermind going, oh, let's put these two together, uh, either was a genius or is super lucky. <laughs> yeah, so they they had they they mentioned on commentary at times that Conan was responsible for putting those two together, but that could have definitely been a gimmick thing, but yeah. I could also see it being real. Exactly. Yeah. With Conan, Conan strikes me as one of those guys where he's like, like he is a real life booker slash manager and also a real life booker slash man. You know what I mean? Like he'll really do that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I agree with you who, whoever did it, uh, like now they're forever, uh, linked, but for, for guys like us who can remember back to like, wrestling independent wrestling in like the early 2000s and knowing both homicide and hernandez before uh seeing them as a team is not the first would not have been my first choice yeah like literally it's a giant mexican man from texas and a puerto rican man from brooklyn like yeah they don't really cross paths other than the wacky world of wrestling and whoever was in TNA and put them together, I would, we'll, I'll, we'll put it on Conan just for even for, you know, gimmick wise, struck gold. Yeah, for sure. Now, Cheech, how would we defeat 
the LAX OG's Homicide and Hernandez. I don't like the idea, but based on their <laughs> based on their combos, I almost want to say we rope a dope them. Like um, one of the matches I saw was with oh was with EYFBO where. They just beat the tar out of them for like five minutes straight. And then when EYFBO came with all their double teams that are bigger, similar to us, I think we kind of have to follow that where we kind of got to rope a dope them a little bit, let them, you know, tucker themselves out. And then we come with our shock and awe if possible. The issue is I'm not sure Hernandez tires. I'm pretty sure he could throw me around forever yeah no that was my thought too but i'm just saying if they exhaust themselves of their of their move set <laughs> yeah uh, i i suppose but i'm i promise you i'm not withstanding their move sets <laughs> yeah, that's I, a problem. I don't have it in me i i i don't have it in me to withstand a, a cop killer or a border toss oh my goodness they're so gross <laughs> they're so gr- both both equally gross in my mind yeah no it's crazy because um, the cop killer is like notorious and then you're like oh what does his partner do oh it's almost as crazy <laughs> it, <laughs> oh it almost you may land on your it, neck yeah it almost sucks just as much okay great yeah thank you so i don't like the idea of having to withstand what they have okay uh, what you got i feel like i feel like uh, a, a play that that I didn't see played in any of these tag matches was the notorious Latin temper. I oh, feel oh. like we, I feel like we use that against them. We we annoy them and enrage them to make mistakes, which is a bit similar to yours. Yeah, but we get them to make mistakes by being angry with us. Oh, I've seen Homicide pissed. Yeah, he. Yeah, you can, you can, you can put him on tilt. It's possible. You know what I'm saying? So we use the the Latin. They are the Latin American exchange. We use the the notorious Latin temper uh, to our favor, and and we get them off tilt, and we get them to be angry and try to do things they might not normally do, and get them to make mistakes. I think that's how we beat the Latin American exchange. I guess that works. That works for me. It works way better than than the idea of me taking a- any of their moves, if we're being honest. <laughs> well, I was just looking at their matches, and I was like, okay, Young Bucks kind of did the same thing. Machine Guns, you kind of got to, like, if you're going to go toe-to-toe with them, they, they definitely got moves, too. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to take a border toss or a, a cop killer. Yeah, no, no, me neither. <laughs> But that's it. That is the team, the 2006 Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year, the Latin American Exchange, the OGs, Homicide, and Hernandez. Yeah, it was great. But I will, I'll I'll, I'll throw this funny one in. Uh, My hand got tired of writing Hernandez so much, which is rather ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Like eventually I just wrote, Z does move. Wow. <laughs> it was fun. I, I'll be honest. Some of these matches were even better than I thought. Like, I knew LAX was fun, but some of these matches were, like, above and beyond fun. I forgot how good Homicide was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it didn't take me long. It was in the first match that I just said, how is he so fundamentally good? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, once, it, yeah, 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 yeah. We could keep going, but no, no, yeah. It, that was the thing that struck me. I was like, man, I forgot he was so good. Crazy, 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 crazy. All right, we've done it, and we've run through a whole uh, gambit of eras in the last bunch of weeks. So now we're 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 up in the air. We've got uh, nothing but uh, open space here. Yeah, it's an open canvas. Yeah, my brain is like. I made the suggestions this week and they were both teams from like the aughts, if you will, the, the, the early two thousands, because my brain functions best when things just go chronologically. Yeah. I see uh, where me and all the listeners are learning. Colin is a big fan of chronology. 
yes you because we did the 80s and then we, we we jumped into a team from like the 90s and then the, i'm i like my brain would not let me go back to the 90s or 80s or even go all the way to the 20 the 2010s without touching the 2000s i couldn't do it well now it's wide open now i'm gonna have to come up with something weird just to throw you off yeah, now we're now now I don't care. Now I'm um my brain my brain has been satisfied by the team of LAX. That that itch has been scratched. Yes, absolutely. And and next week we shall return with a team to be determined. But until then Oh, it just feels right on this episode to say it. Adios. Adios, I'm doing it too. <laughs>